Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Mulatto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and we have a great show lined up for you today. We have the newest Texas Railroad Commissioner, Commissioner Wayne Christian. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Texas Railroad Commission, most of us think that this is a regulatory agency that is going to regulate trains. Not so. This is the agency that actually is responsible for governing everything that happens in oil and gas. It's one of the most important commissions that we have. There are three that sit in this commission, and therefore, it's a show that you don't want to miss. But first, I want to talk to you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. Our cover is Kathy Lane, who is the CEO of Suncoast Resources, Inc. I'd like to encourage our listeners to go to shellmag.com, click on the latest issue of Shell Magazine and learn all about Kathy. Uh, And one of the things that really um, makes me so proud to have her on our cover is the fact that this is our issue that's dedicated to the women in the energy industry. And so there's a lot of profiles on a lot of women that are just really going out there and doing some dynamic things. I'd also uh, encourage you guys, we are having our annual State of Energy in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas on August 29th. Come on down to Corpus Christi, enjoy a little bit of the sea breeze and learn a lot about oil and gas. Um, We are currently right now looking for sponsors and of course ticket sales uh, are going. It will be a sold out event. So if you're interested in coming to Corpus Christi on August 29th and being a part of Shell Magazine's State of Energy and learning all about what's going on in the Corpus Christi area as well as the Permian Basin area, I encourage you to visit shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E. MAG.com to uh, learn more and, of course, purchase tickets to attend. You know, our show airs in all markets in Texas, uh, primarily in Houston and Austin, San Antonio, Permian Basin area, Corpus Christi. And um, one of there's a nonprofit out there called Future of the Region of South Texas. It actually is covering 47 counties in South Texas that they look at what is in the best interest for South Texas in areas of transportation, water, oil and gas, border issues, you name it. And this year, their conference will be held in Laredo on September 12th at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. I encourage you, if you want to be involved, If you're living in South Texas, this is a conference for you. Um, And I truly hope that you will get involved. If you um, want to make a difference in where you're living, this is the conference for you to attend. But for more information, visit futureregionstx.org. And I hope to see you there. But now it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David. Welcome. Hey, thanks. It's another beautiful day in Texas. It sure is. Boy, we got a lot of interesting things to talk about. And you know what? It really is not involving too much politics. It's all we've had a lot of movement going on in oil and gas. And uh, so I want to jump right into it. 
Scott Sheffield was uh, a couple of years back uh, president of Pioneer, um, and he was also on our cover of Shell Magazine. Um, He was uh, at a conference, an uh, an OPEC conference, in which he stated that the Permian Basin production is going to reach the limit of pipeline capacity in just a few months from now. From now. So some of the producers are going to have to shut in wells. What? Tell me what this means. It doesn't sound too positive. Well, it goes back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the the shortage of pipeline capacity and how that's impacting these producers. And uh, yeah, he's he's thinking we're going to reach the limit of the capacity here in the early fall. And uh, what that's going to mean is that uh, shippers, producers who don't have reserved uh, capacity on these pipelines uh, are going to end up having to shut in some of their wells or find other means of transporting the crude oil to market uh, on trucks or trains or however you can get it out of there. And that's going to dramatically increase their transportation costs. So some producers I, I'm thinking are probably going to would prefer to shut in wells rather than, uh, you know, sell the oil at a fire sale price. And I think, and it also goes back to our discussion last week, uh, uh, why I believe that in the second half of the year, you're going to see some of these producers shift to their capital drilling dollars to drill in other basins like the Eagle Ford and the Scoot Stack and the Bakken Shale. And so I, I just all of this plays together. And when somebody like Mr. Sheffield says something like this, you know, everybody listens because uh, no one knows the situation better than he does. Yeah. I, I would say that I think he's definitely an expert and uh, very, very experienced and uh, really does have a good handle on uh, what's going to happen. So I would also agree that he is probably a very good indicator of what's going to come down the pike. And the other thing is he also predicted that some of the producers, well, they're going to have to sell their oil as much as $25 uh, a barrel discounted to the WTI as a result of these pipeline constraints. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah I'm afraid so. I mean, right now, uh, th- there's a lot of producers selling it for as much as a $15 discount today. And uh, yeah, that, that discount, it, because of the blowout in transportation costs, is just going to get higher. Uh, as we move to this breaking point. And, uh, you know, again, the good news is a year from now, all this situation will be resolved because all these pipelines that are being constructed are going to be finished and, and it won't be a problem. But for the next 12 to 14 months, we've got an issue. Interesting. Switching gears a little bit, Saudi Arabia and Russia want to add an additional 600,000 barrels of oil per day onto the market in order to control prices. But the Wall Street Journal has a piece today out questioning whether these countries really have the capacity to pump as much additional crude as they say they can. So what do you say? Oh, yeah, there's there's no doubt. I don't know where the journal was getting that. Saudi Arabia. They don't have you, David. (laughs) I, I, I don't even understand. I mean, it's just it's just an odd so odd to see that in the Wall Street Journal, which does a great job on energy reporting. I, you know, Saudi Arabia alone probably could pump another two million barrels a day if they wanted to. Russia, I don't know about Russia. Uh, nobody really knows about Russia, but there's no question that by itself, Saudi Arabia can can easily pump another six hundred thousand. You would barrels think so. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What about IHS Market? They released another new report, and this one was on natural gas. And they are projecting that U.S. natural gas production will rise by 60% over the next 20 years. So do you think that's really possible? 
Oh, yes. No question. No question. We, uh, you know, there's so much. It's not just the natural gas in places like the Marcellus Shale and the Haynesville and the Barnett Shale. It's it's all this associated gas uh, in the Bakken and the Eagle Ford and the Permian Basin that is produced uh, along with the crude oil that's coming out of these wells. I, I go back to this point a lot, but, you know, as recently as six years ago, we had over 1,500 active drilling rigs drilling for natural gas, drilling natural gas wells in the United States. Today, we have around 100. And yet, even in spite of that dramatic decrease in the number of rigs actively drilling gas wells, our gas production in the United States just continues to go up and up and up. And so it, it's the, the resources there, uh, you know, uh, and there's no question that the United States is capable of doing that. It may require a more robust price than, than at current levels. Uh, but, yeah, there's no doubt it's possible. And, and I just, you know, they're, they're as good as anybody at, at analyzing, projecting these things. Interesting. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But I would like to say that I am encouraged with the natural gas projection because, you know, if it does turn into being a really good fuel for the future, we know it burns cleaner and it really is a perfect fuel to be looking into and investing in for the future. So that's good. Certainly is. Yeah. Good to know. David, it's good to talk to you again. And until next week, when we have more insightful information on politics and energy. Can't wait. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, we will be joined by our Texas Railroad Commissioner, Commissioner Wayne Christian. And we'll be right back with more in the Oil Patch Radio Show. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. Yesterday, the EIA issued its weekly report of U.S. crude oil inventories. Despite analysts' estimate of a 3 to 4 million barrel drop, stockpiles actually plunged by nearly 6 million barrels last week. This is due in large part to U.S. refinery utilization rates that are at historic highs which translated into a 3.3 million barrel increase in gasoline inventories. In separate news, the Saudi Arabian oil minister and his Iranian counterpart indicated that they are close to an agreement regarding the fate of current supply caps ahead of the formal OPEC meeting in three days. WTI saw its biggest gain in weeks yesterday, moving up $1.16 to close at $66.22 per barrel. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. Be sure to join Shell Magazine for their third annual State of Energy Luncheon in Corpus Christi, Texas on August 29, 2018. If you want to learn more about the state of the energy industry, this is a luncheon that you don't want to miss. So join us in Corpus Christi on August 29, 2018 from 1130 to 1. For more information, go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Sponsorship and tickets are now available. Once again, go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Hope to see you there. 
From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Hi, I'm Kim Pilato, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show and president of Future of the Region South Texas. And I'd like to encourage you to join me on September 12th through the 14th at the Texas A&M International University in Laredo, Texas at the Student Center, where we will be discussing some of the most important regional topics for South Texas. We encourage you to join us September 12th through the 14th in beautiful Laredo, Texas, at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. To learn more about this amazing organization or to purchase a ticket to attend the event, please visit futureregionstx.org. We're back. Our guest today is Commissioner Wayne Christian of the Texas Railroad Commission. Wayne, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Honored to be with you, Kim. Always an honor to be involved in your great work and uh, your your agenda that I think is important to the citizens of Texas and the world right now. Well, thank you. We are doing our very best to help the general public understand more of oil and gas so so they don't get caught at a dinner party and uh, the subject of oil comes up and uh, they are the ones that are the deer in the headlight and uh, we do we do uh, get a lot of uh, surveys and census stating that they just you know the community wants to understand more and I don't think that they necessarily believe what they're hearing on the commercial and the nightly news as being truthful 100%. And so they seek out our show to uh, understand more. Uh, but thank you for that. I, I want to start, Commissioner Christian, with you have a very interesting background of how you uh, decided to run for uh, a commissioner. So tell us a little bit about your lead up and how you uh, decided to become a Texas Railroad Commissioner. Well, I served 16 years in the Texas legislature, uh, so got involved in government back in 1996, and basically over my family, because I found that the government was starting to intrude on some of our basic family uh, beliefs, and got involved in that end and, and became acquainted, of course, in the 16 years I served, served on the Energy uh, Committee for several sessions and uh, and the Regulated Industry Committees and became very aware of the importance of oil and gas to a lot of different areas, not only of Texas and our government and our funding, and how major for jobs, one out of every 10 jobs are directly directly related to oil and gas. And so I found out that was important to the state, and I I kept looking at what was going on and understood that uh, the Railroad Commission was an organization, a a commission that had worldwide uh, recognition. It's Forward Magazine that said it uh, literally is the most respected organization regulating oil and gas on planet Earth. And so I knew, having served in the legislature and regulating the Railroad Commission through that agenda, that uh, the commission was important, and I thought that uh, our population, our our students, our citizens, uh, just weren't, I thought, being told the the full story of of the value of Texas oil and gas. And so I'm, I'm excited to be a spokesman 
uh, have the bully pulpit that the people have honored me with and hope to advocate for our industry. You know, being involved just in, in the, the going across the state of Texas, so many of our citizens don't understand that our number one objective in government and the Railroad Commission is to protect the citizens against the bad actors. And, of course, you and I are aware that most of the companies, most of the operators, most of the workers out there are good folks trying to do the right thing. But every once in a while, either there's an accident or there's bad actors. And our job as the Railroad Commission to be the police that come in and inspect. We have offices across the state, 757 employees currently and growing, adding new inspectors as much as possible. In fact, we did a study that was released back in December on uh, water protection because we're very concerned with the protection of water at the Railroad Commission. And we had a multi-year study, and uh, it found in December, can be found on the, on the website of the Railroad Commission, the report, and it was a, a independent study done, and we were commended by the EPA saying that the study was outstanding, thorough, and uh, all kinds of good compliments from the federal agency. And it basically the results were of, we were studying injection wells, which are your disposal wells, your other injection wells that inject back into the earth water. And the concern people have had that we were potentially polluting uh, drinking water. And the study found after studying thousands of wells across the state of Texas that there was not proof of one drop of drinking water ever exposed uh, by injection wells. And so we're, we're doing the studies. We have a seismologist on staff. Uh, the state of Texas legislature has granted us use of seismicity monitors across the state to study the earthquake uh, situation. So the Railroad Commission and the Texas legislature have been very active in uh, doing, number one, protecting the citizens. And I, I think there's, uh, the results are, to a large extent, you can look, a lot of people say, well, what about the air? My concern about the pollution. I say, listen, about 20 years ago, we used to have smog alerts in the large cities in Texas, and it would literally be a haze over the cities, and people with asthma and breathing difficulties were asked to stay inside those days. I say, where did that all go? I said, now we have pollen alerts, I know, in the major cities, but the haze is gone. The, the pollution has disappeared. And I think few people recognize that. And it was from industry that is filtered and learned. And that's the part that I think the environmental extremists, I call them, who have one side of the issue that oil and gas is terrible, do not have in their models and in their research one thing called human technology. And good folk and, and the free market and competitiveness, when the folk need something, the free market, these companies have ensured the safety of citizens by cleaning the atmosphere. So there's good things happening that I think the public may not be aware of. When there's a problem, yes, we should be concerned. But number two, we pretty well have stepped forward and fixed the problems in industry and government regulation through the Railroad Commission. I think it played a great part in that. Well, you know, uh, Commissioner Christian, I want to, uh, we have to go to break, but I want to leave our listeners some to think about. So my son lives in Las Vegas and there's not a whole lot of fracking going on in Las Vegas. And yet they have to, every um, year when it comes for the renewal of their vehicles, they have to go through a smog uh, test. It runs about $500 to get a renewal sticker on their vehicle. And that has really not very much to do with oil and gas. It has everything to do with car pollution and other 
other types of pollution that uh, Las Vegas is dealing with. And so, you know, when we think about is this all oil and gas that's leading up to, um, you know, the air quality, you have to really put things in context. No, it's not all oil and gas. As a matter of fact, that's just one small part. So uh, we're going to take a break. I want us to think on that. When we return, I want to get into the economy of Texas, since Texas is the fastest growing economy in the country. You are listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Commissioner Wayne Christian of the Texas Railroad Commission. And Wayne, I want to get on the topic of uh, the fastest growing economy in the country is Texas. Um, now, that's according to the Business Insider, in which they discussed the the Bureau of Economic Analysis published this, publishes this quarterly report in which it estimates the gross domestic product, which is better known as GDP, for each of the 50 states. Uh, and the measure, which counts the final sales volume of all goods and services sold in the state, is, a, is widely considered to be a broad barometer of the economic health in the region. Particularly important is the rate in which the GDP is growing or shrinking in each state, right? So expanding economies generally go along with improving the standard of living, which we all want that. Well, there's such a debate now between one group of citizens that literally do not support our free market capitalist system. The free market is what has made what you're saying true that America, the state of Texas, is more productive. And it's because a lot of people understand that we have a we, we don't really have a democracy. We operate under democratic principles, but we're a republic. And each state has certain rights. Of course they've been invaded, but there's a constitutional amendment there that I think has been violated more than perhaps any other that says anything that's not specifically delegated to the federal government is kept 
under control by the states. And I've been working with IOGCC, which is 31 states nationally, the Interstate Oil and Gas Compact Council, which for 80 years has been the rep, uh, Governor Abbott allowed me to be the representative on that organization. And I passed a resolution through them to the federal Congress asking that they, while we have the opportunity on the current Congress, uh, send back all the controls they possibly can that have been uh, captured, uh, perhaps uh, illegally by the federal government over the years, and return them to the states while we have a favorable administration in Congress. And so hopefully we can return those powers. But that's why Texas can be different, is under that Constitution of the United States that says we are supposed to be the experimental places. And Texas has done it more right than wrong. Right. And and we do have to understand that when we're looking at other states like North Dakota that ranked 1.3 of a decrease, here is Texas coming in with a growth of 5.2%. These are big numbers. In Texas, if we look, we really have not had uh, a, a state of awareness yet of what other what other states have been dealing with when they were going through this real deep recession, Texas was able to kind of avoid a lot of that. And a lot of it had to do with the Economic Stabilization Fund, ESF, commonly known as the Rainy Day Fund. And, and I want to talk about that because that really does also help Texas. And most of uh, the Rainy Day Fund is uh, created by oil and gas. So tell me a little bit of your thoughts on where do these funds come from? Well, respectfully, let me correct one word you said. You said most of the funds for the Rainy Day Fund come from oil and gas. It's 100% of the funds for the Rainy Day Economic Stabilization Fund come from the oil and gas industry. And uh, that's, that's part of the revenue that comes from oil and gas. In fact, to the state of Texas as a budget as a whole, I have our head economist at the Railroad Commission when I first took office uh, 18 months ago uh, come in and do I said, what is the rate of return for – I'm an old banker. And I said, what's my rate of return for what the legislature funds the Railroad Commission and the return to the state government to fund public education, roads and bridges, law enforcement, and all the other activities, plus uh, the, the rainy day fund, which is going to be very – important as we address Hurricane Harvey, which additional dollars. How do we as a state wind up with the dollars to do that? And uh, he calculated, and for every dollar the legislature allocates the Railroad Commission in funding, the state returns from the industry as a whole $51.20. And so that's that's the importance of oil and gas to the state of Texas as a government. As the public sector out there, over one out of every 10 jobs, one-tenth of the jobs, either directly or indirectly, one out of every 10, come from oil and gas. And we look back during the previous administration in Washington where the anemic recovery of 1% or so uh, on the uh, GDP during that entire period, had it not been for the state of Texas, by the way, with an industry of oil and gas that was fighting every step of the way uh, against the federal government who tried to shut us down at every level through the EPA. Uh, we had it not been for the state of Texas, that 1% nationally would have been a negative had it not been for the state of Texas. And the state of Texas, because we, against the will of the federal government, we had uh, George Mitchell, the Henrys, and other heroes developed horizontal drilling, the shell play. British Petroleum's head advocate, their, their economist from London, flew in a year and a half ago and said the play of shell and horizontal drilling – in the state of Texas has changed the entire dynamics of the industry and projections of future uh, volume for all of history. 
Texas has changed all of that. Exactly. And with that, Commissioner Christian, we do have to take a break. When we return, I want to get back on the topic of the rainy day fund and just kind of discuss each area in which uh, funds are, are are sent to each different sector. So so we really understand where the rainy day fund money uh, is allocated to. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. American Wounded Heroes invites you to participate in our 11th Annual Golf Classic on August 6th, hosted at the Dominion Country Club at One Dominion Drive in San Antonio, Texas. The mission of the American Wounded Heroes Golf Classic is to significantly enhance and brighten the lives of our American Wounded Heroes and first responders. So come play some golf with us. You can participate as a golfer or sponsor a hero for $150 per person. Multiple corporate sponsorships are still available, but they're selling out fast. So please visit AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com. Again, that's AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com for more details. You can also contact J.D. Damien at 210-381-7492. Again, that's 210-381-7492. Hi, I'm Kim Pilato, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show and president of Future of the Region South Texas. And I'd like to encourage you to join me on September 12th through the 14th at the Texas A&M International University in Laredo, Texas at the Student Center where we will be discussing some of the most important regional topics for South Texas. We encourage you to join us September 12th through the 14th in beautiful Laredo, Texas at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. To learn more about this amazing organization or to purchase a ticket to attend the event, please visit futureregionstx.org. Again, that's futureregionstx.org. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellato, and today we have a great guest on the line. It's Commissioner Wayne Christian of the Texas Railroad Commission. And Wayne, before the break, we were talking about the Rainy Day Fund, uh, which is a fund that is created by oil and gas permitting and, and other regulation that is creates this fund. I want to come back to the topic of the money and the appropriation of where it is sent out, because I think it's just too important for us not to really understand without this fund, if our state should come into a shortfall, this has a greater impact to all of us. So in some way, we are definitely connected into oil and gas, this great state, and all of us in, in how we go about our day-to-day business. So can you talk to me or tell me a little bit about where does the money go to and how is it funneled out of the Texas Rainy Day Fund? Well, the Rainy Day Fund, of course, is the emergency fund, they call it. It's, it's the economic stabilization, technically, which means when the economy is unstable, it can be used by the legislature, the governor, or whoever, that by vote of the legislature, and allocated to where they see the needs. It's been used for education, for uh, such things that we hear teacher pay is a big issue this coming session. It has been used in the past to, to for emergencies in education when there weren't enough regular tax dollars. When the economy was on a downfall and taxes were short, Texas has been able to go to this pocket of dollars created from the oil and gas industry for years in the past and do things that other states couldn't do during downturns. Uh, And also each oil and gas rig 
out in, in each community. I hear the return back several years back when I was on the energy committee. At that time, the return was over $6 million to the local community for every derrick you see out there, every pump you see out there is $6 million. And that's probably increased from horizontal drilling because there's less of those out there for, for what used to take four or five different rigs to do. So the returns to the local community are expansive far beyond the $51.25 forever government dollar for the Railroad Commission. The industry itself funds the rainy day fund, which can be the stabilizing force. That's what it's for in the state of Texas that few other states have, and that's 100% oil and gas. Then you move to the private sector for for one-tenth of the jobs and for those uh, cafes, small independent businesses. When you bring those wells in, uh, all of a sudden, there's there's a turnover in the local community of six million dollars for each one of those. And right now, this year, just in and back in my home area, Lufkin, Texas, Angelina County, is having a rebound of the gas industry there, and they already have 18 wells by one company. Out in the Permian Basin, I've heard one company has 118 wells projected. It's phenomenal. And if you think six million to the local community, to the state, to to taxpayers, to local schools. To, to local businesses, for every one of those, it makes all the difference in the world, uh, in the economy in the state of Texas. It does. But, uh, Commissioner Christian, I do want to change gears just a little bit. We do have session right around the corner, and, and it's important because our legislators, our elected officials, only meet every two years, and we have to get a lot of, or all of the state's business done in a very short period of time. So, Tell me what you see coming for this session. Are there any concerns pertaining to oil and gas or any concerns coming out of your agency specifically? What are some of the tougher things that our elected officials are going to have to grapple with and and, and figure out this session? Of course, you're looking at teacher pay. That's a great controversy right now. A lot of teachers are raising up, demanding better pay, more pay. Uh, You're looking, again, at... uh, uh, the Hurricane Harvey and the billions of dollars in costs that came from, from that terrible tragedy. Uh, those are just a couple of the items. And I guess I, I feel like that uh, what the biggest hit fear is, is that whenever the uh, uh, administrators and the legislature look, they say, well, we need to cut all services across the board, all funding for commissions 10% like the last session. And they they don't appreciate the fact that what supplies much of the extra revenue, including all the emergency fund, the economic stabilization fund, and the majority and a large part of the income, fifty one dollars and twenty five cents for every dollar funded the railroad commission. They don't understand that the that the energy industry is something they need to put money into to generate more capital. And you can cut off your nose to spite your face is the deal. If you cut off uh, funding or support for permitting, for making more efficiency, the computer systems, for our the other things that the Railroad Commission furnishes to the oil and gas industry, which allows them to increase production. And secondly, most folks don't realize the unbelievable God-given opportunity that the state of Texas has been handed in the past year and a half from literally the largest discovery of oil and gas in the history of planet Earth. That is a big statement. And to understand that we are making... Uh, we have an opportunity to benefit like no other time in history from this natural resource discovery we've hit. And so my fear is people, number one, don't relate oil and gas to their particular needs, such as teacher pay raise. You want more teacher pay raise? Increase energy production in Texas. Give us the dollars to turn it loose. Give us a stable 
economic flow at the railroad commission so that we're not playing every other year with the uncertainty to the industry of how we're going to be able to regulate them. And the, the, one of the biggest hindrance to investments, to oil and gas expansion, and to taking benefit is the uncertainty that comes whenever they don't know but every two years what regulations they're going to face, what permitting they're going to be able to take advantage of or disadvantage of, and the different things because we don't have a budget to rely on consistently at the Railroad Commission. So we're going to be approaching from the Railroad Commission, I believe, and uh, my desire is to see us get some type of stabilization to funding so that we can have a certainty with which the industry can come to Texas and make these extensive investments that they are hesitant to do because they uh, don't have full knowledge of what we're going to be capable of doing in years ahead from the Railroad Commission that supports and regulates them. You know, Wayne, with that, we do have to take a quick break, but when we return, I want to get back on that stabilization uh, discussion. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. And we're back. Our guest today is Commissioner Wayne Christian of the Texas Railroad Commission. And uh, Wayne, before the uh, break, you were talking about this session and how we are going to really need our elected officials to try to create some form of stabilization for oil and gas to make long term solutions for them and invest in uh, the Texas economy and give them the reassurance that they really need that Texas is open for business when it comes to oil and gas. And and so I, I, I'm looking forward to this session that I will be supporting that, um, as well as I'm sure a lot of people from the community will be supporting that since there's so much writing on that. But I do want to switch gears a little bit and talk about Permian Basin because it's the biggest shell play right now going on in the United States. Um, It's in Midland, Odessa, and spans all the way into New Mexico. It's a huge shell play, a lot of activity, uh, and the growth that's going on there is just phenomenal. Talk to me a little bit about Permian Basin. The the find that was made and announced uh, about 18 months ago, the day after I was elected, which I always take credit for it, then I was elected. The next day they announced from the Energy Department of the United States, and I think this is important. It hadn't rang the proper bell to anybody across the board, I don't believe. The largest find of oil and gas in the history of planet Earth. Uh, that, that is a big statement to digest, and I don't think we've totally gotten that. We're looking at three LNG plants facilities being built on the Texas shores right now, the Gulf. Corpus, uh, Freeport, and uh, Laredo. You have one in, in Lake Charles. We're going to be the largest exporter of, of liquefied natural gas in the world. Uh, we The first ship in 2016, December, left the Texas port of crude oil in over 40 years. And I was in Israel, honored to be the American Legislative Exchange Conference, which I was a number of years ago, or state legislators from all across the United States. And I was honored to be invited as an alumni to attend representing oil and gas. And we met with the United States Ambassador to Israel. And uh, that evening we sat and listened. And I asked him the question because they were able to, they were moving the cap, the uh, uh, embassy 
to Jerusalem. They were doing other things uh, while we were there. It was an exciting time to be there. But I, I asked the question after he spoke a while of all the great things happening, and I said, well, Mr. Ambassador, did the discovery of oil in West Texas, which has now led to the stabilization and the energy security of the United States, where for the first time in decades we are going to be uh, able to be energy secure, no longer reliant upon the Mideast for oil and gas, has it made any difference in your negotiations in Israel since you've been ambassador. And he turned to me in front of 25 other legislators and said, all the difference in the world. He added, not only here in my negotiations in Israel, but I've talked on conference calls with other ambassadors across the globe. And in the United States, the discovery of oil and gas in the Permian Basin has changed the negotiations uh, worldwide for our ambassadors across the world. Folks, this is national security. Many of the wars fought in the past for, to, for access to the Persian Gulf. Our, our hero veterans have given their lives and risked their lives so that we, to Harry Truman, 70 years ago when the nation of Israel was founded, he recognized Israel uh, within 14 minutes of their declaring it after the British had left Israel 70 years ago. But the month later, he said, we cannot stand beside Israel in fact. And I look back over the history, and we've not ever really stood beside Israel. We've stood beside France, England. All, all with NATO, all across the world. But we, as the United States, have supported Israel, but we've never sat and fought alongside them. And I ask why. And Harry Truman put in there, we cannot risk the loss of supply from Saudi Arabia and the Mideast for our energy supply that we were dependent on up until this past year. And I'm thinking, I don't think we've understood that this is not just energy security that good Lord has given us. It is national security. It is historic. It has been part of what's allowed the United States to accomplish the, the, the negotiation we see right now uh, in North Korea. Wow. Well, you know, that that is a very big statement, uh, Commissioner Christian, that you just said. And um, we need to think about those things when we really look at the big picture, the global picture. And, and now we're able to sell oil, natural gas to our allies, which they were having to buy from countries that really didn't like us too much. And Kim, let me say, if, if compassion is what people are concerned and should be about the needy in the world and how we need to help humanity and mankind, understand there's 3 billion people currently that don't have electricity, whose children are drinking from the same streams the cattle use, are dying of diseases before age five, like we used to have to experience in America. And the difference has been oil and gas and coal that has changed the world from a place where the number two causes of death by the environment were freezing to death during the winter because we couldn't have heat or starvation because we couldn't raise crops. What has changed all of that and has developed the materials, the medicines, the pharmacies, the, the uh, insecticides, the fertilizer that has grown and but food we now control. We now in the state of Texas produce one third of the world's food supply in the United States. And these are accomplished not because we sat back and did nothing. And people need to understand the argument of whether oil and gas is good for the environment is what is the goal? Is the goal to keep Mother Earth happy and not disturb Mother Earth? Let me tell you, you can put a pup tent in your backyard, stay a couple of weeks, you'll find Mother Earth is not exactly a friendly lady. Right, exactly. And nobody wants to live back there. That's right. Nobody does, but they're fighting against what the good Lord has given us that has allowed us to use through our human technology to make life better, longer, healthier. Age was 45 in the state of Texas in 1900. It's 75 now. And a large part of that is disease that we've helped mankind. 
and to not share this with the three billion people that are still living in primeval uh, uh, existence on Earth, just barely getting food day by day, is I think is uh, pretty arrogant on our part not to share this gift that we've been given. I couldn't agree with you more, Commissioner uh, Christian. And with that, that is our show. Thank you so very much for being a guest. You really opened up, I think, uh, my eyes to a lot of things, especially when we talked about Israel. Great show. Look forward to you coming back. And thank you for uh, being a guest today on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Honored to be with you, Kim, and thank you for what you do. Thanks, Commissioner Christian, for being a guest on today's show, and congratulations because you are the topic of today's trivia question. Be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is, what is the regulatory agency by name that Commissioner Christian was elected to? Remember, be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shalemag.com and win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Please be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show and follow us on Twitter at shellmag. And also be sure to go to shellmag.com and sign up for our free newsletter. With that, you will receive the latest issue of Shell Magazine, insightful articles, the Energy Minute, as well as many, many business articles as well. That's going to wrap up another great show. We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Mulatto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.